0: That you are everything to us. Lord we rejoice. In the truth that. You are God. And that you stepped out of heaven. You came to be born. Of a virgin. That you might live a sinless life. Willingly die a sacrificial death. All for us. And Lord Because. You first loved us. We love you. Lord, help us to live out what we confess today. That you are all to us. Each and every day of our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. We are... Rounding the corner, finally, <laughs> on uh, these nine attributes um, that we've talking about—the fruit of the Spirit of God—in Galatians, chapter number four. Five. 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 <laughs> Galatians five. I don't know why I said four. I don't know what I was thinking of there. Galatians five, verses twenty-two and twenty-three. We have looked very intently at these different fruit. As we talked about, they they are one fruit. These are the, if you could, if you want to take a a citrus fruit, these are the wedges within the fruit. Or if you want to, if you want to take an apple, these are the seeds within the fruit. This is a, uh, it's one fruit, but these are the different expressions of that, and the reason why that we tried to make such a uh, important point about that is because what this is, these are really characteristics of who God is. And if His Spirit is in us, then we should be living out these characteristics. They should be growing in us. They should be. Um, maturing in us they should be evident in us um I, I remember it was mark this week or somebody this week i was talking to we we're talking about about like a fruit when a fruit gets squeezed what comes out of it is the the core of that fruit the juice of that fruit when you we squeeze a lemon you get lemon juice out of it if you squeeze an apple hard enough you get apple juice out of it doesn't matter what fruit it is you squeeze it hard enough And that fruit comes, the juice comes out. And it ought to be the same way with us. As life comes into us by the Spirit of God, He he should indwell us in such a way that when we're squeezed by life, whether it be people or circumstances or our own behavior or whatever, but we're squeezed by it, what ought to come out of us ought to be some of this fruit. We ought to see that coming out. And if we don't, it ought to give us cause to consider whether or not the fruit is inside. Whether the Spirit of God lives within us. That's why Paul talked about that you ought to check out your salvation. You ought to make sure that that who you are in Christ is what the Word says. Not just because you said a prayer or just because you walked an aisle but but have you been born again? And then I think as believers, which most of us in this room, I mean, I've, I've talked with just about everybody in this room about your salvation. I believe we're all believers. But there ought to be a maturing of that fruit. And so we ought to see things coming out that maybe we didn't see a year or two ago, or three or four years ago. Um, some patience in times when they're difficult. Some, some gentleness that we're going to talk about today when it's not easy because i'm going to be honest with you gentleness is not a natural occurring phenomenon in my life i tend to just be kind of there but i I will say and i not you know it's not a pat on the back i will say though that i have seen some things god has shown some things where i see more of that in my life than I used to. I wish I saw a whole lot more of it. I'm not saying that like, you know, oh, wow, you know, look at me. Okay, I got a little gentleness. I'm good now. I wish there was a whole lot more of it. I wish there was a whole lot more uh, of all of it. Love, joy, peace are the big three that we always talk about. But but I wish there was some more kindness. Some more faithfulness. I mean, Lord knows I was talking uh, with Sam this week. And faithfulness has been a, a struggle in my life to, to complete what you begin. That's being faithful, right? And, and my track record in life is start on something and it gets hard and go do something else. You know, and, and I'm not, you know, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. I mean, you're talking about jobs or or careers or whatever, you know, my my track record, when I look back at my life and I'm honest, there's not been a, a tremendous amount of, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to stay with it no matter how I feel about it. I I will say again, I've seen more of it in recent years than I have in the past. I've seen more of a desire to be faithful to what God has called me to be and do. Um, And I think we all can look at that and see that and say that. Um, these, These attributes of God um, he expects us to exhibit them. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, Jesus said, I told Sam I was going to use this verse. Uh, what? Anybody know what a Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 is? That's the verse I told Sam I was going to use today. <laughs> yes. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. I quoted that yesterday, sitting up in that truck. And I will give you rest. But we don't think much about the next verse. He said, all of you take up my yoke. Learn from me. Why? Because I'm gentle and humble in heart. This is God. God on foot. God in flesh. The one who spoke. And everything came into existence. If you go back and you read the creation story, the implication is Jesus was the agent of creation. Colossians says all things were created by him and he holds all things in sway now. God is the one. Jesus created all things and he holds all things. The God of that power and might and holiness and righteousness said I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for yourselves. God's purpose is for us to be more like him. I don't think anybody in this room doesn't know that. He's created us. He birthed us with a new life. And He is creating us in the image of His Son. That will be completed when we get to eternity and we drop away this shell of sinful man. We will look like Jesus. Well, we're not going to look like a 33-year-old Jewish man. We're going to look like the characteristics of Jesus. Right? So He's creating that in us now. These are the these things are the... the. I want you to listen to this. I'm going to transition a little bit now. I really believe that these gifts that we're talking about, these fruit, are really the building blocks for our lives for where we begin to understand and find our purpose, what God wants us to be, how God wants to use us. If we read in the book of Corinthians... The books of corinthians talk about that we're all different you know that 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 you're a an arm and you're a toe and you're a leg you're a tongue and you're an eye and you're you're parts that aren't even seen you know nobody nobody looks at the colon but as it says in that passage it's the things you don't see that are more important than the things you do see because i can get by without an eye can't do too well without a colon. You know? I mean, that's it's the way we're built. So if we're all in the body and God's put us in this body, then we all have purpose. That's why it matters if you're here. That's why it matters if you're engaged in the church. Well, how do you know what your purpose is? How do you fulfill your purpose? Well, it can't be in your human ability. Because that's what we do. That's how we start. And if we're not careful, that's how we try to compete and do. I'm a pretty good speaker. I can speak. Well, no. If it's in my ability to stand and speak, in my ability to captivate and encourage, and there's a world of churches doing that. Big churches. Great motivational speakers. Engaging But if the power of God is not in it, it's just human work and emotion. If my purpose is to be a shepherd, if that's what God's purposed me for, then I have certain responsibilities and roles, and one of them is sharing the Word, opening the Word. It's not in my power that the Word has any impact, it's in the Word, the impact is in the Word of God. It's all I'm doing, sharing it. Yeah, there, there's, there's stories of great men of God in the past that would stand and just read. There was one guy that, that there was a tremendous sermon that he wrote. Um, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. And, and, and he was almost blind. And when he delivered the sermon the first time, this is the way he delivered it to hundreds of people in the auditorium. Because he was reading it. And he had to have such large print. They couldn't see his face. Hundreds of people rushed to the altar. The times that that sermon has been used over and over again in in history. Thousands of people have come to Christ. Because of the power of the word of God. And the power that God placed on the sermon. Not because of the man. God used the man. But he knew his purpose. Purpose begins with being conformed. Into the image of God. The tragedy. Or one of the tragedies of this world. Is that the concept of man's purpose. Is that it begins and ends with man. My purpose is all about me. My purpose is what I desire. What I want. What I think. What I think I should do. What I think is right. How I can impact. And when you begin with the wrong purpose, you're going to end up with the wrong result. It's impossible. That's one of the problems that man has. And I don't think there's a better example of the difference between God's idea of what success is and man's idea of what success is than this fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness. How many people do you know in the world around us that are large in impact in the world today that you would say of them man that, that, that person gentle look at our political system today you think gentleness is applicable across the board I don't think so either Look at the the sports figures that rule the world today. Is gentleness something that's said of them? No. How about the media people? Movie stars, TV stars, music stars? Anybody say, you know, man, I really want to follow that guy. That, That guy's a great representative and role model. They're gentle. You know what Jesus said of himself? Gentleness in Scripture. Sam mentioned this this week in one of his um, prayer calls. Gentleness in Scripture um, can also be meekness. That's another term. It's, a, it's an older term that's used um, in, in older language. Meekness. And in, in our world today, meekness is considered Weakness. If you're meek, you're weak. They might sound alike, but they're not the same. That's, again, men's opinion, men's idea. While meekness and gentleness do imply a sense of submission, even in Scripture, it's not weakness at all. As a matter of fact... Meekness, as Sam said the other day, is a couple of definitions. One of them is power under control. The, the term was often used of bridling a horse. You had a, a wild stallion that, that in in any case, any human being, a horse is so much bigger and powerful and weighs more, They they can just run over us, kill us, do whatever they want. But when you bridle them, Then you have control. And their power is harnessed. When we become meek or gentle, we're bridled under the control of God, and we suddenly become powerful in the kingdom of God. In fact, I think gentleness, meekness, is actually a measure of true strength, it's a measure of maturity. It's a sign that I'm beginning to take on the attributes of God. There's a couple of places I think it's revealed in relationships. And that's really what we look at, isn't it? How we treat others. One of the relationships I think, the most important relationship that I think that gentleness or meekness is representatives in our relationship with God. Without that, nothing else matters. Isaiah 53, 12, speaking, it's it's a prophecy, speaking of Jesus. Isaiah 53. Scripture says, therefore I, God, will give him, Jesus, the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as small. Why? Because he submitted himself to death. Was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. The Bible says that Jesus is honored by God because he surrendered himself to God's authority. New Testament tells us that he will be lifted up and seated above everything else. Because he surrendered himself to the will of the Father. That's where we need to be. The general spirit in my relationship with God is really just a sign of trust. It's a sign of belief. I believe God is for me. I I used Romans chapter 8 in a funeral that I did this week. I mean... Does everybody here believe God's for us? Why do you believe that? Well, the scripture says it. Do your circumstances always make you feel that way? Well, if you do, come hang out with me more often because I don't think mine always make me feel that way. Sometimes my circumstances make me wonder if God's even on the throne. But those are just circumstances. They have nothing to do with who God is, what God has orchestrated and what God is doing much like what we talked about earlier God was doing things I think hundreds of years before he brought to pass part of his reasoning if the story that I gave you about Daniel and the the wise men is anywhere near accurate at all what God was doing in that time He did with purpose to come out in this time. So sometimes you can't see. Because that means then that he allowed captivity to his nation for multiple purposes. Not just to discipline them. But to prepare a group to come and provide for a family that was going to need gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold and frankincense, and myrrh were not just gifts given of worship they were expensive how do you think and it doesn't tell us this but i i i have to 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 think this is true how do you think joseph and mary and the baby traveled to egypt and sustained themselves in egypt and traveled back to the promised land to to israel over those years it wasn't because he had a bank account (laughs) It wasn't because daddy left him a An inheritance. He had to have a way to sustain themselves. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh will all sell. I believe God was preparing a way. When I submit myself to God, isn't that a terrible, isn't that a hard word? Don't you, don't you dislike the idea of submission? Now, come on, y'all are all going to not say, no, I don't have a problem. <laughs> yes. I got news for you. Your old flesh, it hates submission. Now, your spirit, if you've been born again, yes, I understand. I want to be submitted to God. Why do you think women so often get frustrated with the scripture in the New Testament that says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband." Because that's hard. The only thing that saves it is the next verse. (laughs) Well, and yeah. Husbands. Doesn't say husbands submit yourselves to your wives. It says husbands love your wives. Submit yourself to God. But that's hard, isn't it? Submission's not easy. It's not always fun. But guess what? He is the author of my purpose in life. He is the author of what... We would want to say in the world around us today, my destiny. What it is I'm called to do. It isn't up for a vote. You don't get a vote in what God called you to be and to do. It's not like, okay, God, can we have a conversation about this? I really don't want to do this. Sam and I were talking about this this week as we were having a conversation. There are days. I know you all find this hard to believe. There are days in ministry. That I would really be okay with retiring. And yet God's called me. And because of that, I get by that day. And the next day, I'm glad I didn't do something foolish. and Walk off and quit. But there are days. If we could vote on it. And there are days if you could vote on it. You'd probably want somebody different. Because... It doesn't always work out the way we think but remember what scripture says he's the potter I'm the clay does the clay tell the potter what to make does the clay tell the potter how to turn the wheel the clay is a lump it submits to the hand of the potter what if partially way through making the pot the potter says, Let's just cave that back in. Wait a minute. I'm the pot. Don't do that to me. You don't get a vote. I don't get a vote. Because everything he does is right and everything he does is good, then as the clay, I just have to submit. You have to submit. And even understanding that, when life is good, when things are going well, don't we tend to want to take back that control in our own lives? You know, when things are not going well, what do we do? Cry out to God, scream to God. God help me. God, I need you. Open up the Word. I don't have to tell you to read the Word when your life is falling apart. You run to the Word. But when everything's good, it's a sunny day, weather's nice. I'm gonna read the word in the morning when I get up. Oh wait, man, I gotta go fix my coffee. Oh yeah, wait, look over here at this. You know, I, I, there's something I I really need to go run to the store real quick while I got a chance. The end of the day comes and you hadn't opened up the word at all. Why? Because life was just good today. It was easy. It wasn't hard. I promise you. You wake up and somebody says coronavirus, <laughs> You're like, what? Ah! you you. You wake up and, and somebody says, You gotta load a truck. Ah! <laughs> right, Wanda? <Yeah. laughs> but why do we do that? Because we tend to think we have power. We tend to think that we have control, that we can manifest something. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't work that. I may feel like I can control things. I may feel like I'm losing control of things. I may feel like things are completely out of control but the truth of the matter is that's just how I feel. My feelings are irrelevant. They don't impact the reality of who God is. Maybe the potter is just saying, let's close that in for a little while. Let me rework that. Maybe the potter has got the the wheel going and that thing's looking good and you're having a great day. The reality is how you feel at any given moment will fool you if you're not careful. The heart is deceitfully wicked. It'd be a lot easier just to trust him whether things are good, bad, or in between. With that as a premise, it helps us treat others differently, doesn't it? Listen, when I know that God is for me, when I know that God is my provider, when I know that God is my defender, when I know that God is my guide, it's a whole lot easier to be gentle with others, isn't it? I'm not in control. I I don't have to be jealous of you. I don't have to be defensive of what you think. God's my defender. I don't don't worry about all that. I don't have to compete. I don't have to argue. God is the one who is in design for what's going on. Gentleness with others is actually a sign of strength and maturity, it's power. Under control. You've bridled yourself. God's bridled you. And He is moving the reins. He says left or right. All that out there is just stuff. When we set under the hand of God, when we submit to Him. All these self-generated emotions of worry and fear and anger and bitterness, ambition, pride, they, they, they run away. Those are all the things of the flesh. But when we walk in the Spirit, if I'm under His orders, if I've submitted myself to His plan, I don't have to worry. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to strive for. I can rest in him. Gentleness. Meekness. In reality, they're two of the most powerful emotions that we can see. Great peace comes in resting in God. Ultimate power comes in being under the hand holding the bridle. I'd rather be under his hand and power and at peace than under mine any day of the week. I hope you would too. Father, thank you for the gift of gentleness. May we learn submission. May we learn to walk in your power and in your strength as we live our lives according to your will and your plan. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Mark, come share a few things. Close us out. Do all that kind of stuff. All of it? Yeah, do all of it. Here's some (laughs) photo. (laughs)
1: <laughs> don't i will i'll let you do the do the drawing when i'm uh, when i'm finished up just a couple of quick announcements you want to do the drawing first nope just sitting oh. right there so don't forget just a couple of quick announcements i want to remind everybody about the the card table we've got christmas cards on it so check that card check the table before you leave to see if anybody's given a christmas card for you and check it for any of your neighbors. If you know somebody, if you know you're going to see them this week, and they're not here this morning, maybe grab the card and take it to them. So we won't we won't frisk you at the door on your way out to make sure you just have your cards. Um, you, can, you can, by all means, deliver to somebody else. If you've got Christmas cards for people in the church, bring them and get them on the table, and then we can save a little bit of postage that way by doing that. The other thing I want to announce is that next Sunday... Just as a a time of encouragement, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to have a movie right here. We're just going to have have a movie and some popcorn. It is a 1960s Disney movie. It's not a cartoon. It's not a Christmas movie. We're just going to get together. We'll have some, uh, some Uno cards and watch a movie and play cards and eat popcorn and hang out and just have a time of fellowship. Shannon and I will be here, and if nobody else comes, then Shannon and I will watch the movie, and she'll sit over here and watch that screen, and I'll sit over there and watch that screen. That's true. Yeah, a there. Yeah, big pile of popcorn in the middle. So, um, but yeah, if you, if you would like to join us, if you've got plans, you are not missing a church service, you are not missing something that is important, uh, but we're just going to get together and fellowship and and spend some time together, just because in 2020 we have really missed that. So if you want to get together next Sunday, and we will still be socially distant and we will still uh, be everything we can to be safe. But just as a just as a time as a church family to do that. And I don't think I've missed any announcements. Then. Well, then stand right there. You can be the-